Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. What is the difference between trials and temptations? How do we resist temptation, and how do we pray for protection from temptation? Welcome to This We Believe, a podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Today we are examining the next line in the Our Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In order to fully understand this supplication, we turn to a passage in the Bible from the letter of James. Here, James spells out the anatomy of temptation when he says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-grown, gives birth to death. What we see in this passage is a distinction between trials and temptations, and then a relationship between temptation, desire, sin, and its consequences, which are death. So first, we need to discuss trials. These are the times when we are tested in our faith, but not necessarily tempted. Here we can think of the ordinary challenges that we face on a day-to-day basis. When I feel tired at work, I am being tested to persevere so that I might honor God with a day's labor. We can think also about the tragedies that occur in our life that are the result of living in a sinful and fallen world. When a good friend of ours is sick or passes away, it is a moment when our faith is put to the test. It is a moment when we are called upon to trust in the promise of eternal life. Such trials can be moments to strengthen our relationship with God, as they are opportunities to develop virtue and build Christian character. So when I persevere through my weariness at work, I develop fortitude and perseverance. When I trust in the promise of eternal life after the loss of a Christian friend, I develop the virtue of hope. Now, for James, trials are distinguished from temptations. Temptations are the specific ways Satan and other evil beings um, entice us to intentionally and deliberately violate God's commands through sinful thoughts, words, and actions. Temptation often comes to us as a voice inside our head that tells us to think, say, or do something that we know in our heart of hearts is wrong. These can be active temptations, like when we are tempted to fantasize about sex or revenge. It can also be passive when we are tempted to deny our own self-worth. 
and believe we are someone incapable of being loved. Such temptations in and of themselves are not sinful. After all, Jesus was tempted by Satan in every way imaginable, but was without sin. As we will see, this prayer in the Our Father is meant to help us resist these temptations. But James states that sin begins when we consent to these temptations, when we give in to these temptations and act. That moment is when temptation leads to desire. We go from being presented with an opportunity to disobey God, and then we begin to desire to disobey God. From there, this desire leads to a sinful action. Desire becomes manifested into an act of false speech, a sinful act of lust or anger or envy, or a sinful fantasy. This sinful act then has a consequence, death. The result of sin is less life and more death in the world. The best way to understand the relationship between trial, temptation, desire, sin, and death is to look at the first sin in the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. First, in the Garden of Eden, God places the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and commands Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree until God deems it appropriate. This is a trial for Adam and Eve. Each time they look at the tree, they are invited to be obedient to God, to trust in God, and to believe the promise from God that one day they would be able to partake of the tree once they had matured. This is a good trial, as it is an opportunity for Adam and Eve to develop virtue and draw closer to God. Second, there is the temptation of Eve from the serpent. Satan twists the words of God, attempting to entice Eve to eat of the tree before God has permitted it. This temptation is not sin. It is possible that Satan could have tempted Adam and Eve for years. It is possible Adam and Eve could have simply ignored or brushed off these temptations, in the same way that we brush off temptations that have little or no interest for us. However, one day, something changes. A switch is flipped, and Eve pays attention to the serpent, looks at the tree, and desires it. This is the first sin in human history. It is a moment where human beings intentionally desire to go against God's good desires for them. From that moment of desire, it is all downhill. This desire leads to the sinful act of Adam and Eve eating of the fruit, with the disastrous consequences of sin and death entering into humanity. So, with this understanding of the dynamics of temptation and sin in mind, we can now understand what we are asking from God when we pray, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. First, this prayer is an acknowledgement of our own weakness. So many of the biggest sins in our life are due to the fact that we think we are beyond or above sinning in certain areas of our life. When we say the words, lead us not into temptation, we are acknowledging that some temptations will be very difficult for us to face. And thus we ask God for protection. This prayer also invites action on our part. When we pray for protection from temptation, we ask God to help us think of ways to better avoid temptation. 
So if I'm struggling with body image issues, I pray that I would not be inundated with images of people that are going to make me feel less about myself. But I also may be asked by God to refrain from using social media platforms that entice me to think less about my body. If a coworker is annoying me and I am tempted to lash out in anger, I can pray that my coworker do less things that bother me, but I should also ask for a softer and loving heart towards them. So in this prayer, we acknowledge our weakness and pray for protection. But we also pray for strength to resist temptation when it occurs. Each and every time we are tempted, we can turn to Jesus for strength, since Jesus himself was tempted. In the Bible, Jesus is led up to a mountain and tempted three times by Satan. He is tempted in small and great ways. He is tempted to violate the Father's commands in the interest of eating food and in the interest of garnering fame and power. Because Jesus is fully human, he experienced the range and depth of temptation. Satan tempted him in more and more varied ways than any of us have experienced. And yet, Jesus resisted all of these temptations, and Satan eventually fled from him. Jesus is thus our example for how to resist temptation and the source of our power to resist temptation. We turn to the Bible to read these stories of resistance when we are tempted, and turn to Jesus' teachings for wisdom on how to avoid temptation in the future. Peter states in the Bible that if we resist the devil, he will flee from us just as the devil fled from Jesus on the mountain. We can have confidence that when we resist temptation in Jesus' name, Satan will eventually flee. We will, over time, experience less temptation in certain areas of our life. This anticipates our future eternal home with Jesus. When we are with Jesus on Mount Zion, we can trust that there will be no evil serpents there, no Satan to tempt us. And so when we recite those words, deliver us from evil, we are invited to have hope for that day. Every moment we resist temptation is a day in which evil loses its strength, renewing our hope for the day when sin and evil will be no more. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one friend about us, and this will go a long way in helping us reach others. You can connect further by visiting our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast and Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod. Take care and God bless.